five, four, three. We'll wait for the plane to go by. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, it could be our cold open. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Happy Thursday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Hitchcock Minute, a show where each week uh, teams of new Movies by Minutes hosts get together and talk about uh, probably the most thrilling Alfred Hitchcock movie ever made, the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed feature North by Northwest. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of the Airport Minute, the Apollo 13 Minute, and the Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan, also of the Rocketeer Minute and the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So, so Jim, just us uh, today and tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And, thanks uh, to uh, thanks to Peter Regan for for giving us the lowdown on how uh, Chicago hotels work, and we're we're finding ourselves still in that lobby. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, and and uh, how. Uh, how, how great it was to start, uh, you know, to start with such strong guests, and then now we're ending it with just you and me. And I, I think by tomorrow's episode, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be completely boring and unlistenable. Yeah, I, I think that's, probably that's just target. skipping us uh, glaring at each other through the uh, yes, airwaves. And exactly. Going, well, you say <laughs> something. No, no, you say yeah. something. Uh, I, uh, I do miss. I, I, I remember growing up in that that era of uh, the wood paneled everything uh, hotel rooms. This place reminds me of both uh, the Plaza Hotel, which I'd been to when I was a kid. And uh, back uh, in the mid sixties, my folks, my folks and I went to the uh, Castle Harbor Hotel in Bermuda, which had, uh, it's gone now. They've flattened it and turned the whole place into, you know, brand new condos. But at the time it was one of those old British empire era uh, it was it was actually built by the Cunard line so that the, the Cunard ships would have a place to visit when they got oh, to sure. Bermuda. And uh, uh, Cunard worked there. Pan Am, uh, I think Pan Am landed uh, those uh, sea boats, uh, sea, you know, the seaplanes uh, in the harbor. And you could walk up a flight of stairs and check into the hotel. But it had very much this feel, uh, mahogany teak and uh, lots of overstuffed chairs um, wow. and officious looking people wandering around on two inch thick that that thick oriental carpet that you could you could feel through your shoes it was so squishy exactly uh and we just don't uh, you know we don't see them see them like that anymore yeah and uh you know in in the light of our recording this during the plague year of 2020 all you look at it is thinking how hard is that place to uh sanitize <laughs> right as you said the thick carpets the wood uh, everywhere um even when when uh Terry Grant gets, you know, gets in the elevator, gets off the elevator on the fourth floor. Even once he's up there, it's, it's painted wood, but yeah. everything has wood, has wood detail on it. You know, wainscoting and molding and everything else. So much to dust, you know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting seeing a doorknob. I mean, I, as far as I, I guess the key would go, this is one of those ones where the key fits in the doorknob. But uh, even uh, growing up, all I can remember is having the, the large key that had the diamond-shaped, uh, you know, drop in any mailbox uh, kind of key. And right. now, nowadays, I don't even, I think it's just a, a lever and a, a place to put your card. 
And as we uh, as we covered, you can't just stop by the uh, the front desk and uh, you know just ask for somebody else's key or ask if they're in or ask for their address or anything else. Yeah, yeah, and so especially you know, a, a, a woman traveling alone and some guy covered in chalk dust shows up and goes, "Where is she?" Right. <laughs> oh, right up this way. Now, can you refresh my my memory? This is um, this is late in the afternoon when this is happening. Do we recall? Well, or is, this, we, is this actually early evening? I guess if we look outside, there's there's some nighttime lights on, and and that and I guess when we saw the truck parked on the street, that was that was, that like was getting sunset, pretty dark. A little bit, sunset. yeah, yeah, so. a little bit after sunset, and now yeah, so now we're getting into eve- dinner time. I guess would be the the closest thing to say, and so he's wandering around, and uh, uh, it's uh, I, I noticed that I had gone back a, a couple of uh, a couple of minutes and noticed that they did get the the continuity is fantastic because the dots on his uh, on his jacket are in the same spot as when he was down by in the lobby chatting with the uh, desk clerk. Um, I I was just kind of impressed by the, the continuity there that um, of course they may have had somebody making up six different uh, suits for him with, and mark them all at the same way at the same time. When you think about, uh, I I haven't gone back and looked, but presumably given that attention to detail, those would match, you know, what he did on the, for the rear projection stuff out in the field and everything with the, the crop duster buzzing him in the first place, he's cleaned up a little bit. He's brushed himself off, but, um, but that, you know, very likely shot at a, at a very different place at a very different time. Yeah. And so, uh, somebody else is going to handle this next week, but I know that eventually that suit will be what they called sponged, which I didn't know was a thing, but reading about it is that apparently you could have somebody just wipe your entire clothing with a damp sponge to get, uh, dirt or grit off without having to run it through dry you know in the days like this is the 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 dawn of dry cleaning but uh you can actually have somebody just wipe it off with a sponge now presumably you remove the suit first and drop it off <laughs> or is there well it's or, cheaper that way i mean they, i think they charge you more if you if you stay if in you're the wearing the suit yeah <laughs> uh while you're being sponged that's uh that's very uh, interesting. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever. Well, I maybe I've stayed one place where the there's a buzzer attached to you know next to a door. I, oh mo- right. Mostly that you know it's uh, I've, I've I've seen them in uh, on the first floor with the handicapped, uh, the, the handicapped rooms that you'd stay at like a Hampton Inn or things like that. There's usually a buzzer which would not only uh, make a buzzing noise but it would also flash a light if you were uh, if you're hearing impaired sure uh, the light would let you know there's somebody at the door but i was just kind of surprised that there isn't just a knocker right there yeah that is uh, that is interesting it's got to be one of those things that that uh uh you know it'd be fun to have have peter here to talk about this but but when you look at anything involving the hotel industry um it's interesting to go back over the years and see the way things have tweaked and changed how you know some like a minor thing like maintaining a doorbell when you multiply that by X number of rooms and then that by X number of properties and things, then suddenly the cost of just maintaining something like that must just go, oh, just yeah, go through the roof. I mean, everything yeah. is everything is scaled up so so large when you think, well, this you know maybe it only uh, only costs a dollar to do X, Y, or Z to a room, but then all of a sudden, as you say, you multiply it out, the scale is scale is where it gets it. So that's got to be. I, I just see anybody in this business is just living and dying about that whole concept of how to scale. Yeah, when uh, Peter was on our Airport Minute show, uh, he talked about one of the most expensive parts of any hotel room in, in kitting it out is something that's almost never used, and that's the telephone. Nobody nobody uses phones anymore because everything's on your cell phone. Right. But they still have to 
equip an entire hotel with uh, with a full service telephone that you can make outside calls. You can call room service. You can uh, you know check in and check out of some parts of it. There's right. there's all these little instructions that you see on a on a modern uh, hotel phone that nobody uses anymore. And you still do wait. You can still get wake up calls and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, it's all all automated now. But uh, yeah, um, I, I noticed another thing that is not in on this. Uh, on this equipment as we're as you get into the front doors there's no uh, fish eye lens that yeah, i mean you see that that's kind of ubiquitous everywhere you know right. I mean, not, not only at home but at you know as you travel um the idea of answering a door when you're in a strange place and not even knowing who's on the other side well we see as eve kendall opens the door and it's like yes. oh it's i thought you were dead yes it's gary grant i thought you were dead <laughs> you know what's uh when they greet each other um, I keep scrubbing it back and forth because she comes in, sort of embraces him, and he's not super confident in returning that. Yeah. Um, but the you see what he does with his hands. Yes. He sort of puts his hands together, and if he's, I keep convincing myself, what is he fiddling with something? Is that a sort of a nervous gesture? If this were a Bond film, I'd say he's he's about to plant a bug, or he's pulling the garrote out of his you know wire out of his watch, and you know some some gadgety thing is going to happen but he's just yeah he he's he's just it, it's almost like he's just surrendering or keeping you know now in in 2020 terms it looks like he's trying to prevent uh personal contact by just not touching her he's holding right. he's holding his fingers away from her uh her naked back yeah that's true and you and, know obviously the his uh, forearms are resting on her shoulders so there's a there's a sense of that but uh but yeah he's definitely not uh not full on returning this embrace, which under the circumstances, you know, not knowing who to trust makes some sense. Yeah. And uh, she has to come up with a story here pretty soon because, you know, she's she's in town for the evening. Uh, it's 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 nighttime. And she has uh, I mean, the dress that she has on is rather formal and she's also wearing a ruby necklace. So this is. He's got all kinds of questions ready for her. I mean, they'll come up with these in later minutes, but right. uh, it just, hmm, she thought he would be out of, you know, I mean, what, what we know of this is that uh, she thought he was going to be dead, or she assumed that uh, uh, that he would, he would, she would never see him again. Right. You know that, and the, talking about sort of what she's wearing, it's, it's, it's difficult for me in sort of the context of today to sort of judge, almost sort of judge the degrees of an outfit because, you know, if this were if this were taking place today, then she'd be in you know a, a baggy t-shirt and a you know a pair of yeah. sweatpants shorts or something like that because that's what you wear when you're just you know you're in your hotel and you're doing this unless she's just getting ready to go out you know go out somewhere but we see her we see her very dressed up but it's a you have to really sort of stop and think about that to figure out, okay, is she dressed up for, you know, is this evening wear? And with that ruby necklace, I, it certainly looks like it to me. But, you know, a, a dress that wouldn't look that much different could still just be her normal, you know, sort of just, you know, yeah, walking, walking down the, the house, street, yeah. walking yeah. down the street, walking around the hotel room sort of, sort of outfit. And, you know, I, as much as I hate tying ties, I, there's, there's a, something I miss about that, that era that, just everybody took time to uh, to dress up and look good, and of course, yeah. right now I'm wearing a baggy T-shirt and a pair of shorts, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm in quarantine regalia. 
Yeah, yeah. It's as long you know whatever's on top of the laundry pile that's clean that you get. You know, you don't have to hang back up in the closet like, oh, that's right. tomorrow. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I uh, my wife makes fun of me because I uh, I grew up in I I went to Catholic school for uh, well, including Fordham University. I went for the first thirteen years of my educational career. I I went to places where there was a dress code, and I could tie a tie when I was six, and. Wow. I know, like, there's a lot of people. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that uh, I know that if they put on a tie more than a half an hour, they have to loosen it up and unbutton the top two buttons. Once you know, after whatever the whatever the picture taking is done, they have to unloosen up everything because they can't stand anything tight around their neck. Right. But I, for the longest time, summer always felt weird to me because my neck was exposed and I wasn't wearing a tie. <laughs> And it's just, I mean, it's a peculiar thing, but it just, to me, that was like, that felt, it, it, when I was walking around without a tie, it felt like I had my shoes untied. You know, uh, to, a, a, to a lesser degree, but I, I still have twinges of that when I travel. I mean, growing up, uh, well, as you yeah, did. You non, had, non-rev, yeah. Non-rev, yeah. You had a, uh, your, your mom uh, working for American Airlines. Both my, my parents, before I was born, working for United. My dad retiring from there years later. And we had a dress code. And, uh, and for, you know, until, I mean, as long as I was eligible as a, as a dependent, so probably up until at least 20 years old, I think it was somewhere 20 or 21 was the cutoff. Uh, if I flew on United with that, you know, non-rev ticket, then I had to wear a tie. Yeah. And to this day, I still can't, uh, I can't bring myself to even wear a pair of jeans on an airline flight. Uh, You you and me both. I, f- I feel I feel for you. Yeah, I mean, you got to have at least Dockers and some kind of a button-down shirt, and right. you know, it, you feel you feel like you're being uh, decadent by not wearing a jacket. Yeah, like um, I'm really getting away with something, and then of course, you know, you end up sitting across <laughs> the aisle from somebody in a tank top who's pulling a bandaid off his big toe. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they've got and like something. Hello Kitty, Hello Kitty uh, felt pants on. And yeah, right. it's, uh, it, it's funny. I was on a. Uh, I was on a flight, and this, you know, with non-rev, you had to dress up. If you wanted to get into first class, you had to have on a jacket and tie. And we went everywhere, you know, including, a, I can remember a flight to the uh, to the Virgin Islands. We were going to St. Thomas. Um, that, uh, uh, And it was like, you know, 100, degree, 100 degrees out. But, we, you know, I had on my navy blue jacket, and um, I think I had on, I think the only thing that was, not perfect about it was I had khaki pants on because it was, you know, we're in the tropics, but I had on a tie and a white shirt and a khaki pants and blue, blue blazer. And I got in and we, we scored first class tickets, which is a big deal when you're non-rev. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so I sit down and this, uh, this fellow comes on next to me, slightly older. And he, he comes in and he's got on Bermuda shorts, colorful Bermuda shorts and a polo (laughs) shirt. And, as he sat down, he put his, this is how long ago this was, this is a paper ticket. He put his ticket down, and I saw that it was a, uh, it was a, D, uh, a D1 ticket, which is like upper, upper either, you know, like you were C-level or some big corporate thing. And it said he was the grandson of Eamon Carter. And uh, I was like, wow, this guy's getting away with the getting on because he's Eamon Carter's grandson. The gate agent came down, found him, and moved him to coach. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just got so first class for me. I could and and nobody landed it, so I had I had a I had an empty seat next to me in first class. <laughs> oh, isn't that nice? 
Uh, so anyway, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, you, fe- you feel like you're a child of privilege, but on the other hand, you're always the last one on the plane and you were flying on Christmas Day and you're right. flying you know, Saturday morning at 6 a.m. because nobody was on the flight. Exactly. Um, and it was. And you're you're spending uh, a lot of stray extra nights uh, in Denver or Chicago. That was the that was true yeah. for United. Yes, yes, this, yeah. Uh, I, we got stuck in Gatwick Airport once for three days because there oh, was wow. nothing nothing coming back. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it it was a wonderful benefit, and I think anybody that had it was very appreciative of it. But there's uh, there's it's it's not as nice as paying for a ticket and getting on a flight. Right. Uh, wow. Um, but this is a, a bit astray from from where we're at here. Uh, we're just kind of watching uh, <laughs> social distancing, nineteen fifty nine. Exactly. And I I I have not I have never noticed Cary Grant's hairy fingers before. He has quite a, wow. a bunch of tufts. They're they're those those really are real. some hirsute yeah. digits, aren't they? I yeah, I I've just, never noticed that either. And you wouldn't. That's not something that comes to mind. If if you you think the just the picture of just absolute impeccable, you know, sort of cleanliness and presentation and everything else. But yeah, you'd think he'd shave his fingers or something for this particular. <laughs> I mean, would, he always comes across as like so. kind of suave, but it's yeah. just—he's a bit uh, Joey Ross. <laughs> that's yeah, that's <laughs> true. Maybe not full-on Robin Williams, but uh, yeah, but up yeah. there. But wow. on the other other hand, though, he's uh, you know, for as uh, other hand, for his, I get it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> My, my my dear late brother, uh, his his expression he uses very seriously was, well, uh, you know, if the hand was on the other foot, <laughs> and we never never could convince him that that really didn't make any sense at all. But anyway, um, for you know, Cary Grant is is, is uh, very neat, very tidy, very buttoned down. You know, as you said, very suave things like this. But he's still very, he's still a very masculine. Man. Oh yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's no he's no dandy. He's not a fop or something. And. No. And uh, and no spring chicken either. He's got that little touch of gray that really just uh, right it, it, I, I'm, on I'm, both I'm, his I'm, temples and his knuckles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they have a Grecian formula for hands. That might be a, a thing. Uh, but just a, a very a very peculiar episode. Um, one thing I want to say before we get out of this particular minute. It, well, we can talk about it a little bit more, but. I don't think I've ever stayed anywhere. I've, I'm, there have been mini bars. I've seen places with mini bars, but I've never seen any place with a full setup with a you know Canada Dry club soda and all kind of mixers ready for your uh, pleasure. Right, and just full size uh, looks like full size bottles and things. But yeah, things you said. I think we get to that get to that tomorrow a bit. Yeah, I think you. Know, I, I want to. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that more more tomorrow. The the, uh, the flowers are a nice touch, but a little funereal. Although that could be a that could be a, a symbolism or something that yeah, I'm sure that film, very well, uh, very well could be. Film study people have taken it apart elsewhere, um, but look, I, let's talk. Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say very quickly before we get out of this minute, it, um, and this is something that you just you can have fun with in I, in movies of the era period, but certainly in Hitchcock movies, it's interesting to look at sort of the change of the intensity of lighting, um, mainly by the shadows. Yeah. That uh, in in many cases. Like everybody always looks well and evenly lit, but like if you look at second twenty nine, thirty, thirty two, Cary Grant is well lit, but his shadow is kind of diffuse. But when we cut back to her and the door closed behind her, boy, you know, oh, obviously yeah. she's close to it, but you can see she's really, really lit, and that that shadow is really intense. So you can imagine uh, 
you know, sort of given the difference between what you see on set versus what you see on film, that some of that lighting must have just been brutal on set. Oh, yeah. I mean, that looks like a, a prison yard uh, searchlight. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, it's really, really extreme. Um, and uh, I, this is, uh, I, I, we also get in this particular minute that uh, fundamental uh, fascination that, uh, that Hitchcock had with bathrooms. I think this is the third bathroom we've seen in this movie so far. As she passes by, we get to see she walks past the bathroom door and there's like this the marble sink and the towels all arranged and he's very careful to leave it open leave the leave the door open i don't know if it's a moderate obsession with him i mean he'll get into it the following year with psycho right <laughs> one of the major clues is found in the toilet but uh yeah it's just he he's fascinated by plumbing uh but uh well i think we've milked this minute for all, <laughs> all we can get out of it and then some uh, yeah, but we'll uh, we'll polish off the week tomorrow and get into uh, club soda and uh, and mixers and such. But uh, for folks who would who've missed and how could you miss the past seventy nine minutes of this show? Please go out to uh, hitchcockminute.com and catch up with all of our stuff. Also, you can subscribe on the big podcast catcher things like uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, all those ones. Uh, go out there and subscribe, and you'll get this delivered hot and fresh every uh, every morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, if you'd like to talk back with us, we are always available on the. Um, the social media at uh, let's go with twitter hitchcock minute or you can go on facebook the man on washington's nose a lot of discussions going on there right now uh, uh join us back here uh tomorrow and we will finish out this week and we'll find out what happens with uh, eve kendall and whether she's an adequate bartender or not so we'll see you here next time on the hitchcock minute Bye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.